This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. A person's relationship with themselves is the most important relationship they will ever have. Valeria interviews Emily Ruska. She is a transformation therapist. Emily Ruska is passionate about creating space for her clients to truly discover their self-worth and reconnect with themselves in a way that facilitates true healing and growth. She uses a range of beautiful approaches within a hypnotherapeutic framework that allows her clients to experience a transformation of both their mental and physical well-being. Emily lives in Australia with her husband and two young children, working with teenage and adult clients worldwide via Zoom in a one-on-one capacity. She also offers online self-paced courses available through her website. Emily utilizes her qualifications in clinical hypnotherapy, counseling, rapid transformational therapy, integrative mental health, nutrition, advanced conversational hypnotherapy, content-free hypnotherapy, emotional freedom technique, EFT, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, to help clients who have a vast range of issues, including anxiety and stress, depression, addictions, eating disorders and weight problems, lack of confidence and low self-esteem. She has experienced and overcome her own issues, including addiction, eating disorders, and depression all related to low self-esteem. Emily's own personal growth fuels her desire to reach as many people as she can, with the goal of helping them to realize their own self-worth and potential for greater health and happiness. Meet Emily at emilyruska.com.au. Here's the interview with Emily Ruska. In your own words, who is Emily Huasca? I would say that I'm just like anyone else out there. I'm trying to find myself and I love helping other people do the same. I feel like we're all on the same journey. I'm not necessarily any further ahead than anyone else. I just love being part of other people's journeys. I'm someone who struggled with my own issues in the past and you know, even day to day like everyone else, but um, I feel really blessed to have found the modality of hypnotherapy that allows me to help myself and help others to heal, to move forward, to have a more positive life. Yes. What's not to love about that, about this mission, this purpose, this calling? So you are a transformation therapist, hypnotherapist. How did you discover this healing modality? 
And yes, I would love to hear more about that, Emily. Absolutely. So I studied counselling to begin with and I love the idea of being able to help people through their issues, again, coming from a place of my own issues. Yeah. And, you know, with the study of counselling, it became apparent to me that it really is a long-term thing that counselling offers. It's not a quick fix. And while well, I'm not saying that a quick fix is necessarily a better fix, right. I feel like it can be beneficial to people to get over their issues and to find hope in a quicker way. And mm. through studying counselling, I was exposed to hypnotherapy and I just immediately fell in love with it. I had a background of more um, metaphysical stuff before counselling. I used to be a feng shui consultant, so working with the energy of people's homes and space clearing. So hypnotherapy really, really appealed to me. Again, we're working on a different level with people, so I love that. As I said before we begun the recording about hypnotherapy and meditation, it really, for some reason, there's something about hypnotherapy that uh, feels very powerful to me because it gives us the opportunity to relax, which meditation also does. And that's easier to see with clarity what's happening in our inner world. So would you say that hypnotherapy is a form of meditation, a guided meditation per se? I feel like it's just another way of quietening the mind, which yeah. is very similar to meditation. You know, there's so many different schools of thought, whether it's the same thing or something different. But I'd like to think that hypnotherapy allows you to go in a different way. Mm. It, it really is about quietening the mind. But we let go even more, especially when we have someone guiding us like that. And often in meditation, we're sitting in a pose where we've got to concentrate on our body to some degree. Hypnotherapy allows us to completely let go of mm. all that. And the mind just seems to float in time and space Am I able to make those changes at a deep level, which is a beautiful experience? Mm. Yes, that's um, a very good observation, of course, coming from you, that in meditation, there is this expectation of staying still, keeping the body in one position and observing the breath. But yes, that's so hypnotherapy, it feels a lot more almost like there's an instant relaxation pill. <laughs> That's what I felt. So most like relaxing, um, yeah, allowing everything to relax. That yeah. sounds wonderful. It, it, I have not had the experience just now. I have done, of course, some, some experiments, but not going in depth. Is hypnotherapy for everyone, Emily? I think that it, it takes you wanting to experience hypnotherapy is when that you have the best results I often have like teenage clients where their parents have sent them in for healing and help and stuff and if they're if they don't want it for themselves if they're not open to it if they're not drawn to it then the results are different if that makes sense so hypnotherapy isn't for everybody but if it's something that you're interested in and open to, then the results can be quite profound. So it really is about you connecting with the process that allows it to be so powerful. Yeah, that also resonates true to me, connecting with the process, right? Yeah. It's almost like um, connecting with the journey because that's what 
ultimately life is from that perspective Absolutely. of the human experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say, of course, that there are certain like mental conditions that can be um, contrary dieting to hypnotherapy, things like schizophrenia and certain you know, mental disorders where we would avoid using hypnotherapy or be cautious. And why is that? I mean, I have an idea, but I would love for the audience to understand more why well, this. Yeah, I think that we just need to be careful when anyone has things like seizures or psychotic episodes. Putting pers a person into a state of hypnosis can trigger those kinds of things. To say. Again, there is schools of thought that vary on this. There's some people that will say there's no issues with using that. But personally for me, I always sort of take um, a more careful approach. And, you know, again, the mission is to do no harm. So always being careful with those sorts of things. But, you know, there are certain approaches that can be really beneficial to people that um, have these sorts of issues. And the truth is we're always working with people who are, are mentally disturbed and upset in some way. That's usually why we seek help with hypnotherapy. It's just the level of those sorts of um, things. And when people are on medication, that we need to take a little bit more care caution with and I think that that's the best approach personally for me. Mm. Yes, right. It also makes a lot of sense. So it's being actually careful with the content of those minds. Yeah. yeah. And, and having a trauma-informed approach I think is very important. Another question that I have, one of my initial questions is spirituality. Do you actually see the work of hypnotherapy merging with um, spiritual practices or being a spiritual practice? Oh, absolutely. There's many processes that I use that take people to meet their higher self, past lives, all those sorts of things. I think that it is a spiritual experience. It obviously depends on the context that the client comes in with. Some people are very uh, non-spiritual and obviously I won't take a necessarily spiritual approach, but much of my work is is spiritually driven and I think that that's what people need more than anything is to reconnect with themselves spiritually. I think a lot of the time depression and anxiety is a disconnection from ourselves. So doing spiritual work that reconnects us can be profoundly helpful and you know, even eating disorders and, and down to weight management Things like this, when we discover a true connection with ourself and our self-worth, which is really available to us through spiritual work, it just helps us take better care of ourselves and respect ourselves more. Yes, that's uh, beautifully said. It's very clear to me. And you do mention in the very beginning of your bio, you say a person's relationship with themselves is the most important relationship they will ever have. To me, that's a a deep spiritual statement. Absolutely. Self-knowledge. Yeah. And uh, just going back to the uh, some of the conditions that you help others to release or relieve anxiety, stress, depression, addictions, eating disorders, um, weight problems, lack of confidence and low self-esteem. So I have them here. And mm -hmm. um, so talk to me about... You offer one-on-one -on -one therapy, and you also have a, 
an online self-paced course uh, for weight loss. So talk to me about that, how it works and what's the process of getting started if somebody's interested. Sure. Look, the, the weight loss program is really a beautiful way of once again reconnecting with yourself. And it really does come down to the value we place upon ourselves is how well we take care of ourselves. And I find that so many people have moved so far away from an approach to self-care when it comes to their eating habits. They've moved so far away from being in real connection with their body and listening to their body's natural signals. You know, we're born with this innate wisdom of knowing what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, when to stop eating, all these things, but we do move just so far away from it. And there's so much information out there, all these fad diets telling us to do intermittent fasting or don't eat certain foods and we become so confused. So many clients come to me and just say, I, I don't know what to eat or when to eat anymore. I'm so confused because I've tried so many different approaches and none of them have worked. So the work that I do is really about getting them back in touch with their own innate wisdom, the wisdom of their body that allows them to choose what they want to eat and enjoy eating whatever food they want to eat, but knowing when to stop eating to really listen to those cues of hunger and comfortable satisfaction, to move away from junky snacks, which are in the end just making them feel worse and, and crave more food, and, and to refocus on um, a healthful approach without it becoming a healthful obsession. Again, so many eating disorders are, are born because we have this black and white thinking around food, good food and bad food. And while I, I do definitely um, support an approach to healthy eating, I'm, I'm vegetarian myself and I, I do believe that, you know, natural food and clean eating is so beneficial to us. When we're mo helping people to move away from restrictive eating or dieting, all those sorts of diets that, that are out there, it's about listening to our body and really getting back in that intuitive eating approach so my course really helps people to do that and the reason that I created the course was because you know it, it can be quite expensive to work with me in a one-on-one -on -one fashion for some people it's out of their budget so the course offers a, a much more cost-effective um, solution for them it's also online self-paced instant access so they don't have to go on my waiting list to start working with me so it's really just a way of offering the same approach that I would give in a one-to-one -one fashion to people so they can afford it and they can get started straight away and hopefully receive the same benefits. I'd like to think that the course is just as good as working with me one-on-one -on -one for things like getting back in touch with those beautiful eating habits that can allow us to lose weight naturally and easily. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that you offer this, the alternative and yeah. uh, how clear you are about that. For some who can't, are not able to pay for one-on-one, -on -one, they can have this option. That's really a very compassionate and generous approach to take when it comes to business. Um, I, I thank you for that too, Emily. Oh, thank you. And let me see if I have, I want to mention the um, anti-diet approach. You just mentioned that too. That's really resonated with me because I don't, Although I don't engage in any diet when it comes to intuitive eating, 
I noticed that it's easy to create habits. Like I pretty much eat the same thing for breakfast. I eat twice a day. It's almost like already programming my entire, let's say, almost week, month, year. In my kitchen, I only have oats and I have the organic berries and I have the cashew or coconut milk. And I always go to those things. Would you call that intuitive eating? Or it's almost, now in my case, has become practical habit. <laughs> well, I guess I would ask you, is it a problem? Mm, yes, that's a great what question. Is your, right. Is your health good? Do you feel good? Do mm. you feel nourished by the food? Yes. Do you feel the food? Mm. Does it make you feel like you don't have to stress or worry about what you're going to eat, which is a benefit in itself? So many people come to each meal and have so much confusion about what to eat. And, and I think think that the that I mean the main way that I'm I'm trying to promote this work is that it's about creating sensible eating habits for yeah. life and yeah. and if that means being in a habit of eating beautiful food that's yeah. nourishing us then that's not a problem at all. Mm. I love that. See, beautiful question. Right? How do you feel right by eating yeah. the same things over and over? I feel great, and that I did try to change, and then I didn't feel as good. So oh, I do I know the difference <laughs> and I go back it's to... It's intuitive, isn't it? That's really yes. listening to yourself and, and that's a beautiful thing if you can do that. And, you know, perhaps over time you may adjust what you're eating seasonally or when you feel urged to do so. It may be because instinctively you know that you need something different nutritionally for whatever reason, but I would trust that instinct if it's not a problem and you feel good then yeah. it's not a problem, right? Yes, yeah, I love that. That's um, that's exactly how I feel. My husband is different, so he's always trying something different. And then he sometimes gives to me some of whatever he's eating. Of course, I don't say no, perhaps out of uh, being polite, <laughs> whatever he makes. But yeah, some food is very clear to me. That's not really, the body's not welcoming that kind of food. So I just don't go there. Um, not every day. So you mentioned something else that caught my attention. We're almost at the end, and I do have so many questions here. The relationship between mental health and physical health. So you see clearly the link between those two types of health. Talk to me a bit more about that. Is one dependent on the other? Which one would come first, per se? Oh, I think they both go hand in hand so very much. Like I often see people with anxiety and depression who have a very poor diet. So we can say quite clearly that nutrition plays a part in our mental wellness. And it also becomes when we have anxiety and depression, we just don't choose to take care of ourselves, of our body. We don't value ourselves in the same way. So, you know, we can say that the poor eating contributes to the poor mental health. The poor mental health perpetuates the poor eating. And But even people who wouldn't be classified as having anxiety or depression per se, just having a poor diet that isn't nutritionally rich leaves us feeling not great. You know, we we lack energy, we don't want to exercise, and again, that perpetuates the whole not eating well. It really is such a big link and such a big cycle. And again, I think all of it comes back to self-worth. So when we value ourselves enough to feed ourselves well and we can look at it like how we 
value our pet or our child. We want to take care of them. If we can value ourselves in that way, we want to take care of ourselves nutritionally and by moving our body and having a great approach to physical health, it absolutely promotes mental health. It absolutely supports our mental health. So it starts with self-worth, taking care of ourselves physically, and then the mental wellness follows. But again, it really is a cycle. Everything affects everything. So it's about those three things in combination, mm. valuing ourselves, valuing our health, and valuing our mental health. From my perspective, like what I do is my approach is always spiritual. I always mm -hmm. go to the spiritual side of, of everything, uh, of the nature of, of whatever's happening here, the, this physical body, what's happening in the mind. I always tend to do that, but that's me. But I see how that dance between uh, mental health, thoughts, beliefs, memories, and physical health, how they're very much connected, of course. And this is actually, you just mentioned self-worth, and of course, the sample of the hypnosis that we will have at the end of this conversation, that actually it's um, very much about self-worth. I love the way, yeah, you really emphasize that. And this mm -hmm. is also the next course, right, Emily, that you are aiming to create. Absolutely. That's that's my next goal is to create the self-worth course because I do, I really believe that the self-worth is what makes us take care of ourselves. And, and, you know, I mean, we don't choose to take care of our health if we don't have self-worth. Mm. So it really is all connected. It's such a big piece of the puzzle. And I do believe there's a huge spiritual component of the self-worth, even if we don't see it as spiritual in, in the way of... Um, I don't know, woo-woo, for want of a yes, better word. Yes, <laughs> But just, just that connection to our worth and, and who we are and our place in the world. Yes, I remember when I started this um, journey and um, getting to know myself, the depth of what this is called life. And there was self-worth, self-love was the first step. Acceptance mm -hmm. and of what had happened and then, of course, engaging in anything that would kind of bring that sense of love and care for the body-mind complex. But then as I kind of advance, per se, on the path, it tends to, to become more relaxed, those areas, those concepts of self-care and self-worth. Mm -hmm. And it's more like of letting go of all of that, actually, and almost like it's just great to be here, whatever this is. And it's not really anymore about self-love or self-care or self-worth, but just presence. And um, there's something about it that's already fulfilling and it feels complete. And there's no need for doing anything, adding anything to it. But that's a different conversation too. I just wanted to add that. Yeah, it sounds to me like you have already established all those pillars of self-worth and self-love, and that's why it's able, you're able to now let go. Mm, and focus yeah. is now about those, but about just being. But it's very hard to just be if you haven't established those pillars of self-worth and self-care to begin with. Mm, so true. I don't know about establishing. Um, that's kind of you to say that. I think it's very dynamic mm -hmm. in the sense of you hear and I hear thoughts that they very much sound, uh, I know they're coming from fear, 
some of um, the thoughts to hear. And they, they, I just allow them to, to come and go. And I don't listen to them as much. That's really has made a huge difference. Not giving too much importance to the content of the mind all the time. Absolutely. Of course, I engage with the mind, like for this conversation and things that it really connects with the depth of who I am. Then the mind kind of, I have trained the mind to become open to that and kind of uh, let go of every, everything else. And it's a practice, yeah. isn't it, Emily? It's it is a, a practice, life practice. Yeah. Absolutely. So we are almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid or would like to add? I think that everything that you've spoken of is is so um, pertinent and important, beautiful messages, and that I, I love the way it weaves into the work that I'm doing. And I think that you've, you've done a beautiful job of supporting that and this conversation. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Emily. I love how relaxing <laughs> your presence is, <laughs> which yeah. circles back to the spiritual presence. Is really, I call it spiritual practice, although I see everything as spiritual, being spiritual. There's nothing that's separated, but the perception of the mind, the mind thinks that's separate and then it becomes separate from that experience. But I, I see that I feel your presence and I love the relaxation piece because it allows us to rest within that beautiful, infinite ocean of who we are. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. So, Emily, please, we would love to um, taste a sample of a short hypnosis experience on self-worth and the relationship with food. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, whenever you're ready. Yes. You can just close your eyes. That's right. And just allow yourself to become relaxed and comfortable. And now you can just focus on your breathing. That's right. Just breathing and relaxing. And you can bring your attention to the muscles around your eyes. And just let them relax. That's right. Now the muscles around your mouth and your nose, letting all the tension go. So relaxed. Now your jaw, all the muscles just letting go, becoming relaxed. No more stress. Now you can let your neck relax the nerves, the muscles, all turn loose and let loose, just letting go, so relaxed. Your shoulders are releasing, all the tension flows from them, all the stress melts away, all the muscles just let go and untie, and you feel them becoming loose and heavy. And your left arm is relaxing now, all the way down. Letting go of all that tension in the muscles, 
all the way down from your shoulders, down through your elbow, down to the wrist and the fingertips, so loose, so relaxed. And your right arm is becoming heavier too. No more tension. It relaxes down from your shoulders. The muscles untie all the way down. No tension in your elbow, no tension in your wrist. Your fingers are loose and relaxed. Just let go. And you can let go through your chest too. Just releasing all the stress. Feel your body relaxing more with every minute. So relaxed, so heavy. Just sinking deeper and deeper into that comfortable place where you lay. So lovely and relaxed as you let go of the tension in your back. No more stress, all relaxed. And you feel all the muscles and nerves turn loose and let loose all through your belly and your hips. Letting go, turning loose, going deeper, so relaxed. And that lovely feeling washes down you and through you, down into your left leg, down from the hips, your thigh becomes heavy, the muscles loosen, everything feeling so relaxed. And your right leg is becoming heavier too. It's a beautiful feeling. So comfortable. No more stress. That right thigh muscle is so very relaxed, all turned loose. The knee is loose and relaxed. The calf is loose and relaxed. No tension in the ankle and that right foot is so heavy and loose and you feel comfortable and peaceful. It's such a lovely feeling. All the stress and all the tension has left your body. And now as you rest there, so comfortable, so relaxed, You can just imagine a drifting, floating feeling developing in your body and what that might feel like. And I invite you to visualize your favorite color glowing in a ball of light just above your head. And I want you to imagine that this beautiful, colorful ball of light has amazing healing properties, has the amazing capability of taking you into the most relaxed and comfortable state. And now just visualize that ball of light 
moving into you and over you and through you. And as it moves through you, you glow from within with this beautiful, healing, relaxing light. And it moves down over you, over your head and your face, down over your neck and your shoulders, and it takes you to such a deep level of relaxation. And it moves down through your chest, through your arms and your fingers, through your belly, down through your hips and your thighs, moving down through your knees and your calves, taking you to such a deep level of relaxation, a deep level of comfort. And it moves down through your feet, taking any stress and any tension away with it as it leaves your body. And now with every breath you exhale, you can just go deeper, deeper and deeper with every breath, deeper with every noise around you deeper with every heartbeat, so deep and so relaxed. And as you rest there so deeply relaxed, it may occur to you just how precious and miraculous life really is. Every single form of life on this planet is miracle. The fact that you were born is a miracle. You are precious. As a child of the universe, your worth is immeasurable. It is your birthright to feel joy and wonder and to learn and create and experience as much of this wonderful world in your lifetime as possible. You were born good enough in every way. You have always been good enough. You are precious and valuable just because of your existence. A person's worth cannot be judged or defined simply because life itself is the definition of worth. Your worth is not defined by your looks or your job or your financial status or your popularity. Your worth is only ever defined by the fact of the miracle that you exist. When we are able to see the true miracle of life, the true worth of existence, it cannot help but create in us a deeper understanding of the need to value ourselves more fully. When we choose to value ourselves and our life fully, it creates a shift within us that guides us in making better choices, having more well-defined values, and living by a code of conduct 
that can enhance our self-esteem and the quality of our life. And it cannot be denied that what any one person chooses to believe is their truth. And those beliefs that we choose are the very things that create our reality and define the way that we care for and respect ourselves in so many ways. Which is why choosing to hold positive beliefs about our world and about ourselves beliefs that support our happiness and well-being is so incredibly important. And so with that understanding, I invite you now to explore some of the beliefs you may hold about yourself and the world that may not be benefiting you, beliefs that would serve you well to let go of, And as you make a decision now to let go of those unhelpful beliefs, you can open your heart and your mind to new, more positive and beneficial beliefs, more positive and beneficial truths that can support your happiness and well-being. Because just as it is so important to choose to nourish our bodies with healthy food. It is equally important to nourish ourselves with healthy thoughts, ideas and beliefs. Beliefs such as, I am worthy of love. I am good enough. I am valuable and lovable. Are healthy and positive beliefs that can nourish and support your happiness and your well-being. And in order to hold a belief as true, it is helpful to gather evidence to support that belief. And it's interesting to acknowledge that evidence for either side of any argument is always available. But it is the evidence either for or against a belief that we choose to focus on that holds a particular belief as truth in our hearts. Up until now, you may have focused on the evidence against these more healthy and positive beliefs. You may have a collection of evidence that seems to support one side of the argument. But choosing from today to refocus your attention on evidence that supports the beliefs that you are worthy and lovable and beautiful and valuable is a wise choice. And so you may want to now see that filing cabinet of evidence that you keep in your mind that does not support these healthy and positive beliefs. And you can decide for yourself now if it is helpful for you to keep that evidence or if it would serve you better to let it go. And you may choose now to throw all of the contents 
of that filing cabinet into the bin, piece by piece shredding it, burning it, destroying it, as it simply does not serve you in any positive way. And when you've finished removing and letting go of any unhelpful thought, memory, feeling or event, you can now choose to create a beautiful new filing cabinet in your mind, a treasure box, a beautiful, special place to store memories, moments, thoughts and events that support and validate those healthy, positive beliefs that will support you from here forward. Every day, you remind yourself that you are good enough. You are worthy of love. You are valuable. Right now, you repeat this in your mind, I am lovable. I am worthy of love. I am valuable. I am good enough in every way. And as you repeat that, you bring to mind a memory that supports this. See that memory and file it away carefully in your treasure box. Find another memory and store this too. Now imagine a future scene that supports this belief. I am lovable. I am worthy of love. Imagine exactly the scene you would like to experience and then place this in that treasure box too. Notice how full this box of evidence is becoming. And with every day that passes, you can remember more and more moments that support your new beliefs. I am lovable. I am worthy of love. I am valuable. I am good enough in every way. You tell yourself these things over and over. You accept these truths. You integrate these new beliefs at a deep and profound level. I am lovable. I am worthy of love. I am valuable. I am good enough in every way. And every single day you imagine new scenarios in your future that support these beliefs. You file these future scenes in your treasure box and this box becomes more and more full. And as it becomes more and more full, you feel more and more full of love and acceptance for yourself. You remember and file every bit of evidence from your life that validates these truths. I am lovable. I am worthy of love. I am beautiful. I am attractive, I am good enough in every way. And you simply discard anything that does not support these new beliefs. You let go of the past and you look to the future. You create your future by choosing these new healthy, positive and beneficial beliefs. You focus only on evidence that supports these new truths. You discard and let go of anything in your past that does not serve you. 
And as you let go of the past, I move towards a happier future more and more with every day that passes. You carry this beautiful treasure box with you to support you as you create and nurture healthy beliefs that help you achieve true happiness and self-respect. And as you accept and integrate these new beliefs now at a deep subconscious level, your conscious and subconscious mind can work together, moving you forward to a happier version of yourself. And once these truths have been accepted now fully and wholly, then, and only then, can you begin to reorient yourself to full awareness, becoming more alert with every breath you take now, bringing back all those positive learnings and beliefs with you to support your happiness more with every day that passes as you open your eyes now and come all the way back whenever you're ready. Yes, um, wow. You make me reflect about um, starting, hope to think, it's, when going back to thinking, I should start all interviews like this. <laughs> That's what came to mind immediately. Like, oh, I feel so yeah. good and relaxing. It's just- Oh, um, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Emily, for what you My do. My pleasure. What a beautiful work to awaken truth within ourselves, be it within our belief systems, in the depth of our knowledge of ourselves and memory. It's incredible to see how much is um, it's hidden which is not really hidden, but it's, it's here because we're expressing everything. It just takes being aware, um, self-aware. And that's really one of the, the most powerful practices that I can think of, the practice of observation. And, and let me see the ending questions. Let me, I'll ask you this one. Um, what is another word for healing? Mm, I would say growth. At this time, what do you feel is the world's greatest need? That's a great question. I would say connection. When you say connection, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. What's your idea of connection, the concepts around connection? Well, I think that fear makes us disconnected. Yeah. And I think so many people are living in fear. Yes. And a lot of the time it's, it's fear about who they are or who they are not, mm. where they belong in this world, yeah. comparing themselves to everyone else. Mm. And it seems that the more connected we become in different ways, in modern ways, the more disconnected we become because we tend to compare ourselves mm. more and more to others. And that really yeah. shows a spiritual disconnection as well. So mm. connected can be being more spiritually connected to ourselves and our worth and our true nature, mm. as well as being more connected to others in a loving way. Yes, thank you for, for elaborating that. Um, a little bit more that answer of connection. Yes, I love that, that statement of fear and love, right? Um, it's we act from one state or the other. And I absolutely agree. Yeah, that's a beautiful vision for all of us human beings here 
that um, we can move from fear to love or return to love, really. Beautiful. So um, I want to thank you again for your presence, for everything that you're doing, the work that you have been done, the courage to go through the depth of who you are into the work, <laughs> going into the subconscious mind and learning about everything that's there. It's not an easy, it's not easy. And I know from experience as well. So thank you for doing that and bringing this beautiful work that you do to others as an offering. I really appreciate, it's very close to my heart, this type of work that you do, Emily. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you so much for having me, Valeria. It's been a beautiful opportunity speaking with you. Thank you again for listening. Yeah, thank you. And before we say goodbye for today, where is the best place to find more information about you and your work? Absolutely. You can head to my website. It's www.emilyharaska.com.au. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile as well. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Emily. Bye, Valeria. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Emily Ruska and her work, please visit emilyruska.com.au. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.